God is good. And all the time, it's been long since we said that. In fact, I was just thinking when I was outside that next week it's Christmas, isn't it? Friday, right? Yeah, it was on Christmas when I had a concussion. And then I'm waking up, it's Christmas again. And I'm realizing I've been at church for a few weeks. But as God is good, he has worked everything for my good and your good. Amen. So we want to thank each and every one of you and welcome every one of you. We want to greet all those that are here and those that are watching at home. And let me remind you that whatever happens, everything in life boils down to but one conclusion as far as I'm concerned. Love God and fear God with all that you are and all that you have, for that is the duty of man here on earth. And when we fear God, we have fewer things, if anything at all, to fear. Amen. And so whatever God wills will happen. What he doesn't will will not happen. So, let me say, it's been a challenging year. It's been a transforming year. tough for most people, isn't it? But be that as it may, God is good and we are here today. Amen. Who's visiting us for the first time today? Okay. So, Bazalan, today I want to talk to us about not being derailed. So basically, what I want to tell you is do not be derailed. So what is to be derailed? And to be derailed, it means you are taking off track of where you were going. You are deviated from your intended destiny or purpose or goal. And now, many people who get derailed, the situation may either be of your own carelessness or your own curiosity. Have you ever been thinking so much that you actually miss an off-ramp? Sometimes you're forgetting that. No, 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 no. You are a driver. You're supposed to not be listening and not concentrating. Now, when you get derailed on a highway, you know what happens? For those of you who've driven on some serious highways, where the next off-ramp, you know what it means to be derailed when you don't have enough petrol in your car? And you had just set yourself a goal that when I get to the next garage, I fill in my tank. And you lose concentration. There is an accident. And because you like in there, but you like looking, and you look, you look, you look, 
The accident is not even on your lane. I hope you're getting something. The accident is not on you. But guess who's creating the traffic? You. On the lane that, so you are minding something that is no business on your track. And then you what? You miss your, your turn. So, there's few things that I just want to say to us. Be aware, many Christians are getting derailed. People are starting to fight, to pick fights and battles that they shouldn't. People are filling their schedules with things that have nothing to do with them. People are preoccupied with stuff that has no eternal value. People are debating and hating one another over issues that have no witnessing of Christ in them. People have taken mandates that they were never given by God. And some people are succeeding in failing to do what God has called them to do. And there is a great agency in people's life to achieve what they have, never go, they have never had God said to them, go and do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so now, there are issues that you and I need to try and capture. Capture the little foxes in your life before they destroy your field. So I'm just going to suggest a few things to you. And I'm saying suggest... Because I know many of us he, these days have really itching ears. They, they want to hear what they want to hear. And it doesn't matter what you tell them. But we will keep telling you. And here's what we will keep telling you. There is but one name that stands above every other name. That name is Jesus. And you can never serve Jesus on your own terms. So catch the little foxes before they destroy your field. And may I remind us once again, this time that we're living in, not only are these the last days, but there are days of individual reckoning. It's time to remember that salvation is not a collective call, it's an individual call. Song. No. When he says, follow me. Sing a song. But Agasbizi as a collective. He says to each one, I have given. Therefore, to each one there will be an accounting. So, don't be derailed by your partner. Don't be derailed by your friends. As I have already told you and told you hundreds of times, in any congregation, it's not everyone who is church. Congregation is a mixture of people with different identities in the spirit realm. 
There are children of the devil congregated with the children of God. There are sheep, goats, and wolves, I've told you many times. And sometimes they bleat the same way sheep and goats. And when you hear a bleating that sounds familiar to yours, don't be derailed. I don't know what does it say to you, but all I'm telling you is don't be derailed. So, number one, be aware of the nothingness of your life and in your life without Christ. Your pursuits are going to, to deceive you. Your ambitions are going to deceive you. You're going to achieve a lot and think you are something. But the sooner you estimate your nothingness very well, the sooner you can walk in the security of humility before God. Before, because pride comes before what? Before fall. So we're reading in John chapter 15, the very chapter that we all love and well know. Jesus says, I am the true vine. I'm reading John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 5. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as also I remain in you. You are already clean. In other words, you are already on track. God has called you. He has put you on a right track. He has taken you from a failing background. He has taken you from a place of being nobody. God is making some, someone of your life. God is correcting the misdemeanors of your life. Murimu Uyets are someone when people had written you off. You are already clean. You were bound. You were going to hell. God says, I have called you unto myself. I'm cleaning you so that you can be eager for good works that I prepared you for. Are you hearing me, saints? He says, you were a nobody. You were ashes. But out of those ashes, I made a son and a daughter of you. But he says, because you have so many things that are vying for your attention. You run the risk of failing to remain in me. He says, I remain in you. But there is a likelihood because you like following trends. You like looking at what other people do. You envy so many of the what sinners do, what other cold Christians are doing. And the likelihood is that you are going to be derailed. So he says, look, you are clean. Let me put it different. You are clean. Don't play pig on your cleanliness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? saying? 
He says, now remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You will stay on track. Are you there, saints? But here's what I want you to hear. Apart from me, you can do Nothing. There is a great desire and a great aspiration towards doing something great in all of us. People are depressed for having not achieved stuff in life. You know that. People are suffering midlife crisis. People are looking at their counterparts. Look at Intangazam. Usban man segashati. Usban man seganemot. So and so is living in there. There is a great aspiration to do. But listen to what Jesus is saying. Without me, that doing, however successful it will seem, still nothing. You would have done so well. The Bible says all that doing will be taken and put together. I wonder if they'll show it to you first. When you have achieved all the world could achieve. And they take your doing and they say this is your doing. And they put it in a fire to test it. And the Bible says it will burn and burn into what? Nothing. Why? Because in the first place, God had created you in Christ Jesus to do the good works in Christ Jesus. But since you sought schemes to stay away and stay from Jesus, you never remained. All you did came to naught. I'm saying realize your doing might lead to nothing. But then who's just Jesus? I'm reading from verse uh, in 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 from verse 7 to 19. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. I want you to remember the son proceeds from the father. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live, how? Through him. Might live through him, in him, we live, we move, we have our being. And as soon as we choose to move and live and have our being outside Christ, the eventuality of our lives is not, is zero, it's nothing. They can clap hands for you, those who are fooled like you. But God is not fooled. He knows you are nothing. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son 
as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him. Nice, isn't it? I like the Bible the way it says live in him and then it says this is how. Then you can't ask how because it tells you. It says this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God, God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Whoever lives in what? Struggling, for, struggling you and I, to live in. You know, if we were to unpack the grudges that are in our hearts now, for people who are supposed to live in love, would be shocked. If we were to unravel the unforgiveness, the bitterness, the anger, the shame, the guilt, the things we are like, I feel like a move. Oh my God. God have mercy, isn't it? God have mercy. This is how love is made complete amongst us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Jesus is love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he loved us. Why am I talking about love? Because love is a test of the amount of the nothingness in our lives. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You know it, I get Verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging simba. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm what? Okay, now let's, let's compute this nothingness. Let's put together this nothingness that is in my life and yours. Without Christ, you can what? Do nothing. If you can prophesy and heal the sick, but you have love, you have no love, you are the other one is do. The other one is you are. Okay, let's collect the other nothingness of our lives. It says, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain. You do what? Nothing. You are what? Nothing. You gain what? So why all this pursuit to try and be fresh, cool. You are cool outside Christ. You gain nothing. You do nothing. You are nothing. Is it me? 
No. It's just the litmus test of not walking in love as a child of God. And the highest form of love a child of God can walk in is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. We cannot love this world more than we love Jesus, no matter what they tell us. Are you there? I've overlabored that part. Let me see if I can rush through the next point. Point number two. If you don't want to be derailed, draw your own line in the sand. When I say draw your own line, put limitations and boundaries for what people can tell you to do and what not. Let the word of God be your line. The world has always drawn lines for believers. And true believers, when they see the line drawn by the world, they draw their own line for the world. They don't panic about not crossing the line of the world. No, 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 they don't do that. How many of you remember Ravi Zacharias? Passed away sometime, a wonderful man of God. In one of the uh, preachings he did on... Uh, Daniel, he spoke about how Daniel drew lines. A line of confidence in God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, a line of defense. Let me put it this way. Let me try and explain to you what he, he, he was explaining in his message. He was talking to promise keepers, if any of you know about promise keepers. But he was, he was talking to men. He was saying, when the Israelites, when the Jews were brought into Babylon, the first thing that happened, remember in chapter 1, they said to them, they must eat the king's food. Verse 8 says, and Daniel resolved not to defile himself. He drew a line of defense by restricting his own appetites. You are going to be derailed when your appetites are running all over. When you love everything, you love TV, you love food, you love what I cannot mention now, you love, you love all these things. They are going to derail you. How many men of God are falling out of there? Because of the lusts of the flesh. You agreed you love money such that you want to milk the whole church until only you are the rich pastor and every other uh, uh, pensioned lives in poverty because of you. You enrich yourself by impoverishing God's children. And God's children, because they pick that spirit from you, live on they are the same. Their testimony, it's, how, it's about how God did them well at the expense of their fellow brothers and sisters. Your appetites have derailed you. There is a line of defense you must put. That I'm not going to allow the enemy to take advantage of me because of me. There is a line of confidence in God. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no 
matter to answer to you. But our God whom we serve is able to save us from a fiery furnace, even if he doesn't. The line of confidence is drawn. We are not intimidated. When they threw Daniel in the, the lion's den, they say, don't pray, he kneels, he prays. He puts his confidence in God against the impending danger. When the king comes in the morning, he says, Daniel, servant of God, has your God whom you serve so faithfully delivered you? He drew a line. And here's an, an interesting thing that I liked when Ravi said it. He said, and all the kings that Daniel served under are the ones who crossed the line into Daniel's sight. If you remember, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Darius, Cyrus, all of them said, there is no God but the God of this man. Why? Because he didn't pay Yo, The government says, the world says, no, he says, okay, you draw your line, no problem, here's mine. I'm not concerned about not crossing your line. I'm concerned about drawing my God, uh, crossing my God's line. How can I do this wicked thing before my God? Are you there, saints? Okay. Two points. Let's see if that happens. What was that one? Draw your line in the sand. Now, this one, I would preach it, but I choose not to. I'm just going to highlight it. That consider what seems improbable to you. Ako shebe something eo na hanang hori keke ya weta halore. It's not happening to you. You know how many of us are thinking my friend, the Bible says anyone who thinks they are standing be careful. Now there are a lot of things that I thought won't happen to me. They did. And so as a child of God Think about those things that you are sitting there confidently thinking they are not happening to me and they won't happen to me. I'm just going to read a few. Number one, is it possible that you are not born again? Here you are thinking you are born again and chances are you are not born again because Jesus might actually say, I never knew you. Are you considerately and seriously working out your salvation? Is it possible that you have abandoned the faith, as Paul says in the last days, some will abandon the faith. Is it possible that you are just going, you are, you, are, you are going through motions now? You no longer have faith in Jesus, you just love the church. Is it possible that you have forsaken the fellowship with the body of Christ? Not only because you are staying at home, and not that everyone who's at home has forsaken the fellowship, but you could also be here, and yet... You don't want to have anything to do with anyone here. Is it possible that your love for the Lord has grown cold? You love other things more such that you only come to church to show us your new car. Is it possible that you are no longer in the faith? 
Is it possible that you are now laboring in vain? You are just doing things for yourself and not for the glory of God. Is it possible that you are likely to be disqualified? Paul says, I preach, I, I, I discipline my body so that when I preach to others, I myself am not disqualified. Is it possible that you are doing things and yet you are already disqualified yourself? Because what you are doing behind the scenes does not match what you are doing in public. Is it possible that I'm standing here preaching and I'm sleeping with some girl in this church? Is it possible that I'm preaching, I'm stealing and embezzling the church's finances, I'm busy lying and taking bribery? Is it possible that I'm saying I'm preaching yet the, the, the power of the gospel that I say I preach, I go and take it from the Sangomas? Is it possible that you are sitting here and you are just a cold-hearted Christian sinner? And you say, it's improbable. It is, prob it is probable. You don't know how many people live publicly victorious, but privately defeated. And they won't come and say, I need help. And the Bible says, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another, then you'll be healed. But pride will not let you. And yet, you look prim and proper, disqualified. Are you there, saints? Can I run through the last one? Are you sure? If you don't want to be derailed, sanctify Jesus in your heart. Revere Jesus from all other things. You know the English have like, love, and fond. You know that? But in as black people, we love everything. The things you are supposed to like, you love. The things you are fond of, you love. Everything when I you, such that you are with your, your spouse. I love you. Oh, thank you. I love ice cream too. Thank you. I love my dog. Now the question must come. Can you now rate this? Sanctify Jesus in your heart. Agumali suche sentli zenyama. Agutela banya bantu utaya ya yabanuena upelela la. Whether it's friends or family or whoever, your job, just tell them that my heart is captured by one lover. Jesus, lover of my soul. I don't know if I'm even talking to anyone. But G Peter tells us in First Peter 3. I'm reading from verse 15 to verse 17. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense or an explanation to everyone who asks you your reason for the hope you have. That is 1 Peter 3, 15 to 17. 
says, but this do with meekness and gentleness, having a good conscience, that when they defame you, how about Buaham as an evildoer? Those who revile your good conduct in Christ. I like it. Those who revile your good conduct in Christ. Not those who tell you who you are because you are a liar, you are a murderer, you, you cheat at work. You, no, those who say things about you because they can't handle you because your conduct in Christ just defeats them. You beat them hands down. They have to, I is because when I'm Zalwani. They can't say anything but say because The Bible says don't be ashamed for it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So Bazalan, let me lend it this way to you. You know, I like reading these books, ne? Many of you know this book, God's Generals, ne? And there's this one, there's, there's a smaller version. They have, they have now published this one some years ago. It's bigger. The first one is actually smaller. It's even half. This book, God's General, is about men and women who serve God with power and might. It's all those, I, I, I have recommended the books. You've read them again. Smith, Wigglesworth, but all these powerful guys, except that they are mostly white, except but one, one Indian and one black. Let's not get into that part. But anyway, it's written by a white man. So from that place, it's a fair, it's a fair assessment. He didn't know any Ababa, Bengun, Ababa, and he didn't know them. So it's okay. But here's the point, gave us a lot. This book records mostly the powerful things they did. This one records the lives of people who died brutally for Jesus. So this is mostly a book about how they served Jesus and lived. This is a book about how people died for Jesus. Which book do you want your name to be written? Because in this one, there are many failures as well who started well but finished badly. There are people like Alexander Dawi in this one. People who were like, this is a legend of God. But in the end, they failed. This one writes about men who were not even powerful people. But who came to a conclusion that Jesus, your love is better than life. I would rather be a doorkeeper in my God's house. And they were not big people. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because I want to say, you will be taught great lessons in God. By a simple lay person, by Ukogo Ongayazi theology, than you can be taught by some uh, eloquent theologian intellectual who does not fear God. And because we like, you know, status by association, 
You want to hear from those who sound like they know. Not from those who by the simplicity of heart have shown they know the Lord. So, in debate, I guess there's a lot of debate these days. In debate and arguments and contentions, here's my advice to you. Do not just look at the facts. Look at the man behind the facts. Lest you be taught by demons. Because demons also know facts. Demons can also say, these are the men of God who teach us the way of the Lord. Listen to them. <laughs> there you run, derailed. But if you are a man of the spirit, if you are a woman of the spirit, you will hear the fact and then see by the spirit of God. Okay, then you will say, I command you in the name of Jesus. Get out of me. Why? Because you have gone beyond facts. You have come to a place of, je of saying, Jesus, you are my inheritance. Listen.